Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. That's spot. That's my spot, Joe Sway. There we go. <laughs> Somebody asked that the other day. Why is John only going to get the top left? I'm like, that's his spot. I just like what? it here. I like it here. I'm comfy. Yeah, I'm not. I don't have, I have no issue with it. Jimmy, I, I told you, you can't manhandle the mic like that. It's got to be sitting. I know. I just have to get it out of my system. We can hear all of that fumbling around. Um, yeah, we can see how excited you are. What is it, big, a brand new mic or something? Big win. We're going to get right into it. Big audience already kind of waiting. Excited to after in. a win. And talk about it. A phenomenal win, as Bobby Manning likes to call everything phenomenal. Um uh, and it's hard to argue. It's this is a team that beat you last time, though you were short. Um, they're without Gordon Hayward tonight, but that's not excuse enough. It's uh, it's a game that was trending in that direction. We're like, here we freaking go again. And a lead is slipping away. Eleven point lead with four minutes left, and the game is tied late. When Rozier hit that three, I know we were all thinking it. Uh, and they held on. They, they did a couple, they, they did great. They, 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 they didn't settle for shots. Tatum went to the bucket. They got to the free throw line. They got stuff going to the rim. Two phenomenal defensive stops late. Rob Williams, obviously with the block, uh, Jalen Brown contests there on that Lamello one forcing an air ball. Uh, and that's it. Clutch. The Rob uh, block, the Rob block, no, big, huge. big performances the in the block. clutch. Yeah. And yeah. they did it and they win. Yeah. Big win. And they needed this. They needed Look at this, these guys. records, guys. 28 and 25, 28 and 24. They're creeping. I mean, they needed this because I felt like they were going to start getting this false sense of, of security, right? Like, oh, yeah, you know, we either blow teams out by 20 or we're going to lose in the fourth quarter in a, in a new way, right? It seemed like they were finding new ways to blow these fourth quarter leads or, or to go into the fourth quarter with a completely different game plan. But that wasn't the case. You know, I thought Jason Tatum in particular, the last few minutes of the, of the game, he had two back-to-back possessions going straight to the rim, and that's exactly what we want to see. That's exactly what we were complaining about when we don't see it. So I thought that was huge. He, he was also uh, perfect from the free throw line. I would like to see him get there a little more. Um, my only beef, I think, from Tatum is the uh, the chirping. He earned that technical foul not in that moment, but it was he was earned throughout the course of the, of the game. Look, I'm not to keep you know I'll, I'll keep things positive, but I, I can't help but notice that you know like that technical foul could have went very differently for the Celtics. You know, if Rob Williams doesn't make that block. Who knows? Maybe this thing goes into OT. But either way, uh, we're seeing improvements from the team because those are the type of wins that really uh, are, are going to shape you. You know, the ones that you have to really fight for. And I felt like the Celtics, granted, they have won four the, out of the last five. They didn't have to really fight for those wins in the last three, four minutes of the game. So I thought that was significant tonight. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Bobby, what's going on, buddy? Nothing. Up, just Bob? hopped out of email. Not a, not a ton from him. Shots falling. 
essentially the message here. He says he thinks that they did a lot of the things that they've done in other games, especially recent games, and they were able to get more shots to fall in this one. Um, but overall, I thought this was just outstanding. Like much of what Joe Sway, Sway said there, this was the best win of the year. I can't think of a close second, just considering the amount of contributors that they had, uh, the stable. They had. They had two bench yes. players play tonight. I don't understand this argument, Jimmy. They, these, this is their rotation. Then who else do you expect to jump in and play and help? How do you expect them to sustain that? Maybe they don't, but it's better that they did it here than they didn't. They played a really good team. I, I hold the Hornets in enormous regard. I think they're one of the best teams in the East. Uh, they were pressuring them all game long. Celtics turned the ball over a ton. They had a very tumultuous moment late that Joe Sway talked about there with the technical and the game time three after, and they got up and made two or three plays there and pulled the game out. I mean, they were 9-17 and 17 in clutch situations coming into this one, and they – handle this one i thought exceptionally so i'm not I, I don't know how you nitpick this one they were just they held it off it's not a finish. it's not a nitpick they they did what they had to do to win late it's a good win against a quality opponent they lose this game a couple of weeks ago i think so uh everything trending in the right direction you have another good marcus smart game it's concerning when your two stars play poorly because you're not going to win a lot of games when these guys play well so that was counterbalanced by uh exceptional performance by josh richardson um, you know, coming off the bench there, uh, you know, Jalen was rough, uh, all game long. So you don't love that. So like, again, it's like, it's not a perfect game, uh, by no, any means, but it's, it's a the good, most, com- it's the most it's complete a, game is how I put it. It's a good gritty win, you know, because yeah, some stuff, the some, some stuff wasn't going your way and you overcame it, which is great. So like, it's nice to know that you can compensate for nights that those guys are off, um, I don't know that they can do it a lot because I don't have a ton of faith in this bench. But you also well, don't expect you don't expect Brown and Tatum, you know, to both be cold uh, and have rough games this often. Again, Browns. We'll get into Brown a little bit later. You know, definitely a rough game, and he's in the news for different reasons. But smart again, uh, great. Rob making plays late. You know, a lot of positive, like positive, positive things coming off of this game. Well, we always criticize the 30 assists. I mean, it's yeah. always, that's, we always that's criticize them. See. We always yeah. criticize them when Brown and Tatum don't play well and nobody steps up. So we have to give credit where it's due. I mean, yeah, they, they, they went to a, a very, you know, short rotation tonight, but Richardson played like a guy that, you know, he, he couldn't miss a shot out there. So, I mean, why not play him extra minutes? Yeah. And why not? Why, why go to Neesmith and Romeo and, and those guys for, you know, for what, you know, we know what they're capable of on offense and it isn't much. So um, I'm happy with the way that people stepped up and yeah, I mean, Tatum and Brown didn't have their shots going tonight, um, but I thought that they still contributed on the defensive end um, and, you know, down the stretch there, Tatum made some pretty big baskets for them. So that was nice. Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned Rob coming up big late in that game there with the big block. I mean, PJ Washington couldn't even get the ball out of his he thought he had a clean shot, and the ball didn't even. And that get out happens of his all hands. the time with Rob. You wonder how guys don't account for that at this point. Uh, he's able to make a number of plays at the three-point line. They're just incredible, and he set a tone early in this game too. I thought Rob was just awesome here. Um, everybody like up and down, and Brown, Tatum, what they didn't do in shot making, I thought they made up for with other things. Uh, the charge take by Brown. The uh, playmaking late by Tatum, getting in the lane, driving and kicking. All those different things there made up for the fact that they didn't have the biggest scoring nights in the world. And you know what? That's what you want to see those two players start to do. They're not going to solve every game with their scoring, especially when teams take them out of the game. Yep. That's not what the Hornets did here, but they were still able to 
uh, turn up the playmaking and get baskets for Richardson, yep. Grant, those type of guys. Yep, no doubt. No yeah, doubt. I thought they did a really good job from the beginning of just uh, just passing the ball, but also recognizing the weak side constantly. I mean, you saw those open looks for Grant Williams. You know, you saw obviously uh, Josh Richardson get hot. And it's funny you say that to me because I was just uh, I was telling Bobby towards the end of that fourth quarter. I'm like, Richardson, it's rare that he's earned, you know, that that moment at the end of the fourth quarter. But like, this is easily his best game of the season. So it's it's interesting how different that the, the Celtics offense can be. You know, when he's hot. The way he is from from the perimeter, so I thought Ime did a really good job keeping him in there. Season high twelve boards for our, our guy Al tonight too. Can't uh, can't forget him. Yeah, that's all I have you to can. Say about Al. You can. That's all I have to say. Season um, high though. No, it's good. Um, it was good. Sorry, we're gonna bring Bobby back in just a second. It's a little bit noisy where we are there. Um, so just wait. Hey, how's that's... the noise? How's the noise around you, buddy? It's better. It's better, but um, that group of people—it uh, really wasn't that funny. I don't know what the joke was, but they were no laughing on this show. <laughs> Didn't get the memo. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't great. Yeah. It wasn't a great joke. <laughs> I put Bobby uh, onto my spot. Oh wait, looks like he's looks like he's he's moving. Right. I made him move. I made him move. Uh, it, was, gotcha, it, gotcha. it was loud. The the robots were fighting behind him again. <laughs> the Transformers are going up. The Transformers is another Transformer, you know, battle. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm not going to lie I, in a weird way. I actually liked the Miami game a little better, even though they were totally depleted. That was like soup to nuts, like as complete a game as you had. But again, the opponent was a bit of a chump. Uh, the Charlotte's yeah. exactly the type of team you have to be able to compete with. Right. You know, yeah, like totally. those this are the guys in front of you. Those are the guys you're trying to leapfrog into your five and into your five and your six spots. You know, like you're not cracking that top two or three in the East. But, like, you're trying to play yourself up, you know, and around these guys. And, again, record-wise, they're right there now. So, oh, well, I, I'll, I'll ask you guys point blank. The way the Celtics are playing now, um, Charlotte at full strength, who who, who are you taking? Um, I'm right still now, taking the way this team, I'm, I'm, I'm still taking the Celtics, honestly, just because of the way this team has been playing. But it wouldn't have been remotely – this easy. I mean, they got a lot of guys, and that's the reason why I think the Charlotte Hornets match up so well with the Celtics. Right? They have guys that can put the ball on the floor. You know, they can really make you defend. And the Celtics just they, they've they've struggled to keep that defensive intensity uh, for four quarters straight. But they did a really good job tonight. You know, obviously there was a different uh, different you know approach compared to what we've seen in the past. But if this team is completely healthy, I mean, I would I would say it would, it would be much closer. It would have been a tougher fight, but. I still probably give it to the Celtics. I mean, but listen, the, the standings do matter. I mean, you, you have a couple of matchups coming up where you can really catch up here. The Brooklyn Nets. I mean, what are you three games behind Brooklyn for the sixth place? And and you got a couple of games where you can really catch up in that race. I mean, that's big here. I mean, we talked about this part of the season, how the Celtics have to start picking up wins here. But um, the guy beating teams that are right in front of you in, in the standings, that that's that's huge. That, that would bode well for this team in, in terms of them securing a playoff spot. I know it's maybe a little too early to talk about that, but. Yeah, uh, it's worth it's worth bringing up because this is how uh, this is how under underwhelming this team has been all season long. Well, it so, is. We're starved for it. Go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. We're starved for it, right? That's why Bobby's like, "This is the best game in the history of my life," and I'm like, "Bobby, come on!" Like, you know, how thirty yards, Bobby? The kids, are, but he's dying. He's dying for something, right? Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. People, you know, this has been the last two seasons. These are the types of games where you hang on to them a little bit longer because, damn, I mean, you're really searching for something right now 
I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but Celtics are, I think we can all agree, playing much better as of late. Right around the time it's the trade deadline. You know, who's who's playing the best as of late? Marcus Smart, who played probably the best tonight? Um, you know, Josh Richardson. Josh Richard Richardson. Jesus. I'll call him I'll call on? him Jason Richardson right up until we trade him. I I promise you. Yeah, that. you've done that a couple of times. <laughs> well, I've, got, I've done just, it. I've you just I've, stopped. I've written it. I will call him Jason for the rest of my life until he's no longer a Celtic. I wish yeah. it was Jason. That'd be sweet. I know. And I, then think yelled at a, I think he yelled out a damn it the last time you said it. Yeah. I and then Schroeder. So you have three guys, and Schroeder didn't do much tonight. I know he's banged up or whatever it is. But you have two guys, let's say, who you know are very important to the success of this team this season. So, again, this goes back to what we've been saying all season long. What's the goal of this team? Is the goal to make a playoff run? Or what is, is the, the goal? point of this podcast? What is the point of this podcast? What is the point of this team? <laughs> what is the point of this trade deadline? You know, like what what are they thinking in the in the in Brad Stevens' office right now or, or Wick's office? Are they are they just gonna get rid of Schroeder and and get rid of Richardson to save a couple bucks and to you know pretend that they're looking towards the future? And and if that's the case, then you you don't have enough to roll with Charlotte or to roll with these teams that you're fighting for playoff positioning for. You're not deep enough. So which one is it? I guess, you know, how, how many more games like tonight um, do we need to see before the trade deadline, before people are saying, oh, well, they should be buyers or they should just stay put, you know, ride this thing out Again, and see if, yeah. if they can get anywhere. I don't know. Again, I'm sorry. I didn't love tonight. I loved how I it ended. I didn't love it, but they, I, I, but they, but they pulled it off. They pulled I, it off. I, I loved that they that. pulled it off. I didn't love tonight because, like we said, the super high turnovers and the, and the poor games from your stars, but I loved – things about tonight and i love that they closed tonight the way they did let's bring in sherrod blakely to tell us what hey. he loved about tonight sherrod hey fellas what what's going on guys tonight? what up bro um you guys can hear me okay yes sir all right yeah man actually, Sound good. john you know what john i actually love the fact that their best players didn't play well and i'm gonna tell you why you're going to need wins to win games like this you're yep. going to need someone not named Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to actually carry you for long stretches of the game. And I thought Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson, uh, you know, Grant Williams had some big plays. And, and, and certainly, you know, Rob Williams with the block there in the last minute. Huge plays from guys not named Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. But, you know, the, probably the, for me the most disturbing part about the game was that sequence where Tatum picked up the foul that he was not happy about. Then he picked up the tech. And then, you know – they're on offense, and the ball goes off of uh, the defender's foot. Could have easily gone off Tatum's foot, so they caught a break there. Little things like that, Tatum needs to clean up on nights like this when his shot isn't falling. That, to me, was the most bothersome part about it, this game. But other than that, I, I loved a lot of what I saw out there. It is odd. It's almost like, you know, you know, like you've got, like, you know, a kid with emotional problems, and they get themselves ramped up, and you can't calm them down. It's really right. bizarre. Yeah. That, that you know, like okay, okay, take a breath, take a breath. You know, it's really and there's bizarre. no one around who can do that. There's no one around who who could calm him down, which it's, bothered me. It's so strange that he can't check it. You know that. Like, but I gotta get this complaint out. And everyone's like, Marcus thankfully stepped in. He's like, come, dude, you know, Scal screaming from the sideline. Someone get in front of him, man. You know, like it was like flipping out it is bizarre he can't let that go you can't have that and again especially at that point we'd be killing him right now if they lost that game for losing his composure late that would be a disaster but yeah 
it, it ended up being a blip. I liked some things that he did. They were still moving the ball late. They yes. were still going to the basket, which is stuff that they hadn't been doing, um, which was good. Early in the fourth, I was worried because they got three happy, right? Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, uh-oh. And, you know, the lead started going away, but they they – when they needed them, they, they they took it to the basket. You know, Tatum did that one time. He got those free throws. Uh, you know, Smart got to the free throw line as well. They hit him late. And then, obviously, defense, defense kind of wraps it up. So, again, just just the closing of this game is enough to be happy about it, considering, you know, you see what's happening. Rozier hits that three. NBC puts the graphic on the screen. Four and 12 in games uh, decided by five points or less. And we're like – and it is Groundhog Day, so we're like – Right. You know, here we go, man. It's actually Groundhog Day. Um, yes. and, it didn't, and it didn't happen, so good for them. Um, the Groundhog. The Groundhog. My daughter's Groundhog. Birthday. Oh, nice. Happy birthday. And my sister's I'll birthday just... today. Nah, yeah, now you just make stuff up. Yeah, yeah. And Happy my friend birthday. Adam Fine and Rich Bertman's birthdays uh, today, lot too. A lot of birthdays. Yeah. Come on. The mother and the daughter said the same birthday? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. They do? That's what he says. I don't know. That's awesome. Says? Wow. My mom and I are my mom and I are one, one day time. apart. My my mom and I are one day apart. I have a cousin that's wow. their birthday with, so that's it. But mother, daughter, what are the chances? My birthday is in October for everybody listening. <laughs> there we go, Jimmy. Um, along with Nick Jelso. <laughs> along with Nick Jelso, you are correct. I think I'm a couple weeks before Nick, or no, maybe a couple days. I forget. Couple oh, days. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. That's just drop the gym be... and just call you me. You, Kaimi, you guys are one and the same, man. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> All right, just want to remind everybody about our exclusive wagering partner, Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year and new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code CLNS50 to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, your Vegas favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Once again, that promo code CLNS50 to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's it, baby. All right, so when are we going to get into the controversy? What about... <laughs> I was going to say, that uh, that groundhog died, didn't he? Didn't the groundhog die? I'm not that. What? Punxsutawney Phil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mean he, he you, saw you it. Think, you think today he woke up, turned around, and died? Stage fright. No, but couldn't I'm handle saying, the pressure. Before two. Before the second, you know, he couldn't. Fake... Fake news, dude. I mean, it's probably about? a different one than it. It's probably <laughs> the groundhog gone. didn't die Boy, today. Yeah. Would that I'm mean going, like? Would, would that the, mean like? I'm going for the Celtic, the Celtic metaphor because it's not I, Groundhog Day. You know? <laughs> would that, that mean? I like hadn't heard that one either. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, like, I wouldn't be shocked if he died. I mean, t- in a year like like the way things are going, all you have to do is see a shadow, and he just dies on the yeah, spot. The groundhog died of COVID, and Talk we're stuck in a stage for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Joe Sway, what are we talking about here? Uh, so again, Big news, Joe Sway. Yes, Groundhog. So the wrong day. Uh, you know, Bobby. Bobby got had to relocate, but Bobby thought this was the win of the year. So Bobby, why? 
I, I thought the two-way effort, the complete effort, not faltering yeah. start to finish and blowing the lead, you know, they let them tie it in the end there. But overall, they were just able to withstand a bunch of different Hornets charges. And that's something they haven't been able to do this year. They've routinely crumpled. And outside of that Tatum technical foul sequence there, there was really no moment where they just crumbled and couldn't make plays. Smart and others were just doing it all game long. Tatum was getting downhill. Well, the passing yeah. sequences were crisp. It was just the most complete win of the year by far. I can't even think of a close number two. Um, yeah, I don't know. They did blow an 11-point lead from the 358 mark to a minute yeah. left. And so that wasn't great. And thankfully, they held them off late. But it was Well, the Hornets are a really good team. I, I would argue the Hornets I are thought, better than the Celtics. They no, are, Bobby, but I was Bobby struck- meant the year 20, 2022, right, Bobby? You mean? That's when the 2022. The season. The season is a The only thing I was frustrated <laughs> with tried, is the, the way they were shooting and their well assist done, totals. Well done. Yeah. I thought I tried, they should have been up a lot more. I actually thought, like, when it was well, six they'll and blow seven. Out, they'll blow out the Nets next week and they'll top it. They, they, I you think know, it should like, have been. It's steps. Oh, man. They let them hang around. I was a little bit worried. But, again, they got it done late. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's really what it comes down to is, is them being really under the under fire having to execute, having to make plays to get the win, and they were able to do that. And yeah. to me, I, I think, you know, if, if you're Eme, you, you're really pleased at the fact that your guys got it done defensively. Uh, there were so many, you know, just little little plays that didn't even, you know, they may not show up as, as jumping off the stat sheet besides Rob's block, obviously, but just the rotations defensively, making sure that guys did not have too much space when it mattered most. Uh, yeah. You know, the way – this was really defensively, I thought, one of their better games against uh, a team that wasn't necessarily having a, one of those just off-night shooting. The Celtics were the reason why Charlotte wasn't shooting as well as they would like, whereas we've seen a lot of games where teams just are missing wide-open shots, uh, and it makes the Celtics' defensive right. numbers look good, but that's just not what happened. This was a earned victory against a quality team, the type of team that if you're going to make some moves, you got to win these games. And I think that the sense of character for this team, I think they needed these kind of wins. You know, like I said from the top, I mean, these blowout wins, sure, we love to see the Celtics do what they're supposed to do against those shorthanded teams. But to see them in that stretch where, okay, the sky's falling again, what are you going to do to, to react? And they came out with authority on both ends. And that's exactly what you want to see. You want, you want the, the Celtics to have those kind of experiences from between now and April and, and the ones where they end up victorious on the other end. You know, not the lopsided, you know, you, you threw the game away in the fourth quarter, you know, all over again and reverted back to bad habits. They had a completely different approach tonight. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you guys about this. Um, because somebody, you know, it was an interesting point I, I thought somebody made, but it they've clearly settled in on, I think, their kind of bread and butter lineup at this point seems mm. to be the starters with uh, Richardson instead of Al. Um, and then the question is, why aren't you starting with that? And again, there's nothing to be said. They, they had another good start again today, and they've been starting games strong of late. So the, the, the doldrums that they went through with that kind of double big lineup where they were starting quarters really slow. They had a lot of Bobby. We talked about those 40 point halves where, you know, the offense was just stuck in mud. And, you know, on those games where Tatum was coming out of the gate, shooting poorly to start, it felt like there was just no offense there, but, that appears to be the lineup that they're that they're digging right now. Ime had a curious comment last game about why he didn't play Al, you know, uh, why he's not closing with him. And the rationale doesn't explain why he wouldn't close with him, but why he's starting with him. So I'm not sure, like, is this a crutch? Is this going away? Is eventually it going to evolve and move on? Because I really do think 
not you know i get it this point john it's not the double big i just really think i really think rob and al should split the center minutes for the whole game 48 minutes should go just to those two and so you're not worried about anything else i really do think that that would be valuable uh just you know it's not that i hate the defensive effort that they're getting off. But Richard is Richardson is a good defensive player. I think against teams that aren't friggin' really big there, I don't know why you're afraid of that. I, I'm not really sure why he's hesitant to make that switch. We've talked about doing it with Grant. We've talked about doing it uh, with Romeo. Romeo didn't work. If Richardson's going to shoot like this and he's going to give you a little bit more pace and space, it seems like what they'd be looking for. So I, I'm wondering, I'm not saying like it's the worst thing in the world. I'm wondering if they'll, think about going there because he's clearly he's clearly digging that lineup there i think they'll think about it but here's the thing john with with al you know exactly what you're getting worst case scenario which is a guy that's going to defend and get your rebounds early on and that i think in emay's mind helps set the tone for the rest of the game if you have richardson in there he may get hot but it's a little i think it's a little bit harder for him to do that when you're opening the game with Tatum and Brown, who you know are going to be looking for their shots early on. So as the game progresses, it makes sense to go with Josh Richardson because Josh is he's a a savvy vet who figure out where he can get in and fit in. And once he does that, you have to put him out there because he's one of your, typically he's one of your top three or four players the last couple of weeks. So I understand why Eme does it, but to your point, John, if, if Grant could just rebound the ball a little bit better, I think that you would see that transition. But the fact is, when Grant's out there, he ain't getting no damn rebounds. Yeah. He'll knock down some threes. That's just not who he's, he's just not built for that. It's just, this is not what he does, right? He's no. still the only guy that gets picked on a little bit at times, depending who? on who's a out little there bit? on the opposing team. Grant. Who's that? Grant. No, I don't, Grant, I don't think. Grant gets picked on. Yeah. I don't think he gets picked on a lot anymore. I, I think he's had a rock solid defensive season. His rotation. Again, we're it's using rock solid. Better. When Bobby says rock solid, he means right around average. Okay. That should be like a dream. Nothing can be positive The Bobby glossary. Phenomenal is good. <laughs> rock solid is, you know, like. <laughs> Listen, I can find a bunch of tape this year. Grant really staying in front of guys, using his feet well, and playing good defense. He has. I'm just waiting for you to say yeah. rock solid, Bobby. That's what I'm waiting for. And, and, and that would be the reason to put him in there. The problem is you're elite defensively in the unit elite. that they're starting games with. Yes, and that's actually the right description. There we go. I know. No team. <laughs> No team with 200 minutes. Only the Minnesota Timberwolves have a better lineup with 200 minutes than that starting unit. And you know what? Why would you get away from it? Why would you get away from it when it's playing so well? They're packing the paint. Teams have to run away on their initial drives because Rob's help side. Horford's containing. Horford can rotate on the perimeter. There's no team that defends like them. And you know what? I'm getting pretty close to saying that they have the best defense in the NBA. In I mean, the when history you think of, Rob's, of sports. When, you, when you're thinking of Rob's outside <laughs> this, defense, this the versatility that Horford plays with, Smart's point of attack, and the length that Brown and Tatum can rotate inside with, I mean, they're thin, Jimmy. I agree with that. Like, their bench has to get figured out. But the starters, they have found something there, and they got to roll with it until it becomes a problem. And right now, it's their biggest asset, the defense that that group plays with. I mean, they're playing with more pace in that group, so the offense is getting better with that combination. Guys are hitting shots at a higher level. Now the movement is good. I'm perfectly okay with that starting lineup at this point. I think it's a big asset for them. I really do. 
Fair enough. So well, you're so you guys are fine. I'm not saying I'm not freaking out the way I was before. I still just think offensively. The numbers are amazing. I John. think offensively they're challenged, <laughs> and I. Well, that's the thing though is like, if one thing works really well, but other things are whatever, there is some tinkering. I still think that can be done. I've always well, that's thought, the deadline. I've always thought no, no, no. I've always thought that that's been easy. I don't think you can experiment with lineups when you're getting into those final twenty or so games into the season. So I am surprised there hasn't been a little bit more just to try to kick it. I, I do think there's like it really is like a security blanket situation here. Um, and, and, and as we said, is he's not he doesn't want to close with it. So there's something in that lineup he doesn't love. So I'm just curious why he sticks with it at the front. You know, and I think as down you said, the, I think down, sets I the think, tone. Yeah, right. I think down the stretch, I, I think he's looking for the best offensive lineup that he can put out there. That's not going to crush him defensively. Uh, but it's I think strange, though. Because you're up yeah. 10 and you're playing your best offensive lineup. Wouldn't it stand to reason at that point? They're so worried about stagnating late that they play an offensive yeah. lineup with ten with a 10-point lead. That's where you're supposed to load up and have your defense out there and say, screw it, we'll just score two the rest of the way and we'll be fine. We should be able to keep them off the board. So it, it is counterintuitive. Well, I, I think that the, with their offense, that, that offensive group down the stretch, the, the drop-off with that group defensively, I don't think is as concerning to Eme as the drop-off with that first group offensively. I mean, Al, I mean, I, I, I love Al. I love what he's about, but two for seven. Unfortunately, that's a that, swing feels like guy, a, right? that, that feels like a normal game for him at this point, which is, which to me is very unsettling. The fact okay. that he go two for seven yeah. and that's just kind of, you don't want that, that necessarily on the floor down the stretch. Because he's, he's the swing play, guy. Yes. He yeah. there's, there's no doubt but, about but, that. He, he's become the fifth starter. I think the difference between him and Richardson some of, some of the times is the fact that like one guy He's going to give you that solid defense no matter what, no matter what's going on on the other end. Richardson, on the other hand, he's not going to – I don't know. I've seen stretches where if he's ice cold, he's not locking down the wing like he normally would, like tonight. Like tonight was a complete uh, – you know, it was the opposite. It was the complete opposite. You know, it was uh, – I'm feeling it from, off, from from the other one side of the floor. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing on the other end and keep myself in the game. And that's exactly what happened. So, I think it's a case-by-case basis, you know. And we know that he is a streaky shooter. We, we knew that from the moment he, he you know uh, – I traded over to the Celtics, but at the same time, though, you're not quite sure which guy's going to show up. So let's wait to see if he find him. Let's wait till he finds some consistency before we start talking about making these, you know, drastic changes. Well, that's I think, why. That's why I, I think he's going to. That's why I think he'll stick with Al and uh, for until further notice because yeah, he knows exactly so what he's going. Al's. He, they're going to be nice where Al's going to make a lot of shots, and you're going to be ecstatic about that. But when he's not doing that, he's still going to play good defense. And he's still going to help, to some degree, help space the floor, even when he's not making shots, because he's still in the minds of some defenses is a threat. And Richardson is, I mean, he's either ridiculously jacuzzi hot or he's like middle of Antarctic cold where he can't make nothing. Uh, there, there really isn't kind of a mid-consistency type thing with him. Um, so and that's he, okay, because that's, that's a bench guy for you. That's what guys coming off your bench are supposed to be. He's the most interesting guy by far, Richardson. I mean, you, you have this lineup with him and the starters, him playing for Horford that was plus 35 coming into this. Looked great again down the stretch here. He's a shot maker. And listen, road to the league, Richardson's not really a shot maker, but on this team, he's one of your better guys. The cutting, that cutoff Rob, I thought was the key play in the fourth quarter. Uh, and overall, his defense, as Joe Sway talked about, 
maybe dictated by offense a little bit, but overall he's rock solid on the perimeter too. Um, so he's going to be interesting. Is he part of your bench into the future? Is he a guy you split with here? Because so I this, think he could bring a lot of value to a different team, and I don't is, know how much he swings this team all that much still. Who, Richardson? Yeah. So this is where things are getting weird because um, – You have to rebuild your bench a little bit. What are deadline. you doing right now, guys? We're a week out, um, and, you know, it sounds like Schroeder's gone, and Schroeder's been marginalized anyway. He's been in the 15, 16, 17-minute range now for the last several games. Um, he's not performing super well with the bench. He might even be banged up. He's starting to look superfluous, and I don't think people are going to miss. I think a lot of people aren't going to miss him no matter what, but I think at this point his impact is so minimal um, that it's not going to be that big a loss if and when it happens. Uh, but now if Richardson is being counted on as being a core member of your group and closing and you flip him, um, you know, because there are rumors now that there are teams who are interested and you're dumping him for salary or whatever it is. And what's the latest one we're looking at here? Uh, the jazz we're in on the, him. the jazz, oh, the wolves. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that that wolf thing seems like it's in the past. Though it was a conversation yeah, I think that they had for Beasley that, that didn't ended. work out. Yeah. yeah, so so he might be available. Uh, and and really, what it comes down to is how does this work, kind of with everything else? Because like the I'm not going to call it a bombshell, but the thing that got thrown out there this week uh, was the uh, the obviously the Jalen Brown rumor, which I know everybody heard uh, and everybody's talking about. So we'll talk about it here. Jalen Brown could request a trade. I understand could can mean a lot of things. There's a lot of people who are crying fake news. What does that mean? We don't know what it means. But what, we the do chat. Know, what we do know is the source of this is not a bomb thrower. It's a person who has contacts and who probably talked to people and he heard, yeah, it's always a possibility if things don't turn in one direction or another that Jalen could walk or could, could, could start looking for the could demand a trade. This is not something that's odd it's not something that's out of left field it is something that we've been worried about for a year and a half with this team that if they don't figure out a way to right the ship you're going to be entering this offseason with Jalen Brown and then the next year on is his walk year and mm -hmm. you're running up you that's basically how quickly it's been yep. it, that's, that's how fast it goes if you don't trade him this mm -hmm. offseason the clock is ticking you pretty much have until the following trade deadline to do it or else you're stuck with him in a walk year and he has no value anymore because no one's going to take him for just a one-year rental <clears throat> without any certainty that he returns so you've got right. some problems here you either got a note you got to make everybody happy and it's always been about making Brown and Tatum happy, making them believe everything is going in the right direction. So if you're Jalen Brown, Sherrod, and you're sitting here and you're thinking, okay, let's see some improvements, and they start doing things like trading Schroeder and Richardson, what's that going to say to you? Well, if, if you're Jalen Brown, I think it depends on two couple things. First, are you being kept in a loop on what they're doing before it's done? Because to me, when you, you're Jalen's at that point where – he shouldn't be flipping over, you know, his, his his phone to find out the Celtics are making a trade. That should be a conversation that he knows about well in advance. And if that's not happening, you're opening the Pandora's box to him walking. Because players, aside from being empowered, they want to be in the know. And the Celtics, to me, when you look around, Jalen and Jason are the only ones who should be on a, on a, on a no basis. Everyone else, it's need to maybe know. They need to know. So... Jalen, I'm not as worried knocking about knocking on the door. Let me in. Right. 
I'm not that I'm not that worried about, about what's Jaylen going on bouncing. Um, I'm just I'm not. I th- I think J- I think Jalen is going to be here for a long time uh, because I don't think the Celtics are at a point, and I don't think they will get to a point where they feel that he wants to leave. He's going to make that clear to them. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't. I really don't. See, I don't think it's something that the Celtics are thinking about right now, but I think it is definitely a possibility. I mean, when I first read the report, I was like, well, yeah, duh. I mean, a first-round exit, I mean, I'm sure there will be talks about it. Maybe not from Jalen, per se, requesting a trade, but it's going to be in his mind a bit. Not that he will – listen, Jalen is putting together another great season, right? And I feel like we, we say this every single year, like he continues to improve. And if this team doesn't get out of the first round and, and fail, like – that's a failed season, right? And this is something we talked about before the start of the season. That this season was so important to, to make everyone a, a believer, right, for a number of reasons, right? New head coach, Tatum and Brown are the new leaders of this team. You know, there's, there's no question about that. You know, there's a lot of different things that could, that could happen, that could transpire. But if you're Jalen and you're entering a contract here, and let's say halfway through the season we have another 500 club, what's going to prevent Jalen from saying, well, maybe I need to leave the ship elsewhere, or maybe I need to find a better situation, you know, that I can actually do that. Now, I don't think Jalen's the kind of guy without one in mind is going to go out there, pick up the phone and say, look, guys, I want out of here. But things change in the NBA quickly. We know that. Every two or three years, there's a new super team, a new super duo out there. And who's to say that Jalen won't want to be part of something like that, I don't know, nine or ten months from now, you know, midway through next season. So I think Celtics fans have to keep things realistic and remember the fact that, you know, it, it will be a contract year and that these things can happen really quickly. We've seen it in the past. Shit, we saw a team in the, uh, you know, Oklahoma City Thunder you know, the, the very next season split ways, and that team got to the NBA Finals. I mean, this, this could definitely happen. But, again, when I first saw the report, it was one of those, like, yeah, obviously that could happen, but it's a big could. What, what, was, what was your oh, reaction to me? My reaction was obviously. I mean, and I've I've said this I've said right. this all season. We'll know a lot about this team at the end of this season. I think a lot of people will have made a decision on whether or not they want to stick with Tatum and Brown leading this team, or if one of them has to go. I don't think anyone wants to see both of them go, but there's going to be a lot of answers, a lot of questions answered at the end of this season. And a lot of that has to do with what Joe Sway just said. Yeah, I mean, if they're a first round exit, then yeah, there's a good chance that Brown's like, you know what? This isn't working. You know, and if it's a first one exit with Brown standing in the corner, much like he did the last playoff series or the previous one, I should say, because he was hurt the last one, then, yeah, I, I can totally see that. I mean, and, and honestly, what's the surprise? Because you now have, like, three seasons with these guys. Uh, underwhelming, if that's the word you want to use, if, it does, if they do come up short. I certainly wouldn't be surprised. I think John, me and John both had the Celtics as a fringe playoff team to start the year, and everyone here said they weren't even a playoff team until Schroeder – came on board. So really, I mean, I think they're kind of right around expectations to be completely honest right now. My question is, does Jalen Brown want to be in Boston? It's the same question I have for Jason Tatum. There's been so many like examples of just being like, do these guys really like it here? Do they like playing with each other? Do they like Boston? Do they like the organization? So those are the things that I want answered. And if I don't have obvious yeses to those answers, then of course I can see a situation where Brown would be like, you know what? You know, he might leak something. Might leak but out my, that he's interested. But in why? That's my question. So I'm. Tr- this is where I'm trying to wrap my mind around. Like a story like this has to come from Jalen's camp because I can't see an advantage to it coming from the Celtics. Why would the you know? So to me, it has to be someone close to Jalen who's talking about him not being a thousand. Unless it's someone in the Celtics who's worried about it. 
Why, but why put that out there? Why create an environment? Why, if you're worried about it, why would you want to create an environment where people are talking about trading Jalen Brown and then he you gets might, annoyed about it? To me, you might want to, you might want to send a signal higher. I, up. I don't know. To me, this is coming from Jalen's camp, and if so, I'm, I'm curious what the motivation is to light a fire. Uh, to what? I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not I sure. I can't figure what, it out either. Sherrod, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sold on it necessarily coming from Jalen's camp because think about this. I agree. If, you, if, if, if. Jalen, if you're getting some vibe that maybe he's thinking like this, don't you want to know what his value is without asking teams for his value? This is the kind of stuff that will get you phone calls that even though you didn't request those phone calls, you're going to get them now. People are going to say, hey, I I saw this about Jalen. What are you guys looking for? Now, all of a sudden, you have a conversation that you did not initiate. But if you put it out there, you sort of kind of did initiate mm. so so I'm, I'm not convinced and, and there's another wild card factor in all of this that, that we haven't really talked about um and i and to be i'll be very candid with you i don't know how this will play out but the agent that represents Jalen brown also represents al horford also represents marcus smart also represented joe johnson when he's here so i'm i, I just ran down like damn near half of their rotation Gloosh. under one umbrella. Yeah, Jason Gloosh, who's a great guy. I mean, I, I love Jason. He's really a good – Sam Hauser is another one of his guys, uh, the shooter. So that's why I'm, I'm not sold on that necessarily coming from, you know, Jalen's camp because, I mean, his camp is, is well-stocked uh, with folks who are all under the same umbrella. So I'm not sure if that would that, that makes a whole lot of sense. So that, that's why there's a lot of there's a lot of murkiness with all this. There, there's no clear direction where this is coming from. But the bottom line is this: Jalen is going to have some tough decisions to make this offseason as far as what he wants to do with his future, whether he wants to double down and try to get this thing done with Tatum, or whether he wants to branch out and, and be you know kind of that alpha. Uh, but I can tell you right now, though, when you look around the NBA, there's no one-man show anymore. You can't get it done what? by yourself. You're Whether... going to need some somebody who can be a significant difference maker with you. And even having one guy like that may not be enough. This is this is all about the deadline. And it it asserts what I've been saying is that this is a critical deadline for this team. You gotta start to establish some direction here. Even if this doesn't completely dictate where you're gonna go in the offseason, you gotta kinda set the table here. And somebody, whether it's Brown's camp or whether it's someone inside the Celtics. Wants to see a shakeup here more I than don't, I don't seem to be in the in the fold before. You know, it's and, always possible. It's a Celtics trial balloon to see how the fans react, and I I understand that as well. Which is, hey, if you put it out there, let's see what the let's see which way the wind is blowing. If the world isn't that pissed off well, about the it, record, maybe that gives note. us a green light. So it's always possible. It just seems like a weird one. That's all. Well, remember the note from that report that. There was a thought that Brad might make more substantial change last offseason and he went the conservative route. I, I do think there's a little bit of a divided thinking in this front office, not only on smart, but on overall, like what, what they're doing here, you know, whether it comes to clearing out rookie uh, spots for rookies. We've read a report about that coming from the um, heavy publication, Bopet, over the last week or so here. So you hear different things about what this team should do. I think there's kind of mixed thoughts on, you know, what direction they should take this in here. And it's all about Brad here, right? Because all we've heard from Brad is that they're only going to make a move if it gets them closer to a championship. I still wonder if Brad's taking on this mindset of 
we're waiting for the big one. You know, we're, we're keeping all these chips on the table, much like Ainge did. And he, of course, learned from Ainge that the, the needle moving moves are the ones that are going to get you there. I completely disagree because I think you're so far away from contending. You have to start to do things now to improve yourself. Bobby, I got something for you. you ready? Got? A comment from Marcus Smart. Are you ready for it? Marcus Smart says the Jays have been doing a blank job of phenomenal right phenomenal job wow <laughs> uh, that's a great Bobby, word did he give a little shout out at the end phenomenal <laughs> now that's a wink at us guys you know that, right? no marcus watches so somebody watching the garden someone be watching the garden report. phenomenal they've been phenomenal Damn. i see you marcus i see you wink at us all right cool <laughs> i like you i'll take that we got you phenomenal <laughs> If he says it again, it's not coincidence. It's not coincidence. That's so funny. <laughs> phenomenal job. They've been phenomenal. Well, so hey, that's it. a far cry than from what he was saying about them uh, not too long ago. What, a couple months it's ago. another thing Marcus is trying to say is like, you know, it's another he, Mark, please love me sort of moment from Marcus. Yeah. But I mean, crap, man. What are you going to say about the dude right now? This was like, not love only him. not only was he having those like low shot, low point, but high assist games. Now he's scoring too, picking his spots, picking his spots with his shots, scoring efficiently. Like there's literally, he's he's like above reproach these last six games uh, heading into the he trade just, deadline. That he really is. Smart, that Schroeder smart debate we've had, he's drawn a fist through it. There's nothing he can say in Schroeder. It's not even anymore, a Schroeder right? smart debate. The Schroeder smart debate is it's dead. One yeah. person's flaws get talked about. The other person's flaws get, yeah, ex- class, uh, get excuses made. This. That's the debate. It's not the who's better argument. It was it's, at one point. No, it wasn't. It was a why in the world are people crapping all over this guy when he has one game and five bad ones? No, there and, was a stretch where Schroeder was better than Smart. And, and there's a stretch where Schroeder was playing great. It was but, like three games. No, in argument, you're right. And you and you and Joe Sway's eyes, yes, because you guys are on the all all Marcus Smart defense team. We all know that. But to everybody else, and everyone could see that. And we're Schroeder winning that. You realize we're winning that debate right now. Right? Yeah, you, are now. For, you are now. Congratulations. Now, yeah. now are, you are are yeah, you guys also oh, think is there is there an apology oh, cam coming here? Wait, now, now apology cam oh, for wow. what? Everything we said about Schroeder was true in the time in the moments that we literally were everything. Yeah, you guys were the, the ones that were in denial about it, didn't want to admit to it. How about smart? How about what? What, all, what are we gonna yeah, say? We, we all smart. agreed that that Schroeder wasn't a starting point guard though. So like, what are we talking about here? I mean, Again, I, I just the, no the, one wanted Schroeder. Guys, no do we have to do this? Do we have to do this? We don't Maybe. have to do Jesus. This. Do we have to Maybe suffer from do. short-term memory loss all all the time with this? The argument with Smart is not doing it consistently over time, and the peaks and valleys, and always regressing back into the shot chucker and the sloppy guy who's sloppy the ball. What he can be and for this can game. we all just agree he's been phenomenal? Phenomenal. Oh. <laughs> yes. Can we just agree? He's been phenomenal. Yeah, the last five games, absolutely. If, if I give you yeah. phenomenal for five games, will you just shut up about it? My well, God. And, and, and I will take yes. it. But we can actually admit it. When, when Schroeder's phenomenal, everyone 
everyone on this show can't admit it. And everyone and all the Celtics fans can't admit it. But yeah, when Schroeder has a phenomenal it. game, it's like, yeah, but did you see that time that he was late pass? to switch? See me uh. roll the ball up the court? <laughs> That's me. That's me. That is yeah, absolutely you know. me. No, that was Bobby earlier this season, too, man. Bob, yo, Schroeder couldn't do anything. It was like the one small thing. He'd be I know like, he had 20 you points, but he had like seven quarter. turnovers. Come on. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. we've come to see you, Schroeder. Bobby would do Zapruder films on every fuck, on every friggin' Schroeder turnover. He'd have 28 <laughs> points on 9 of 11 shooting and be like, look how sloppy he is with the ball here. And that Here's would be it. breakdown of those two misses. <laughs> Well, See how up. open Tatum was on this one? Yeah. He's shown to not be a good on this team, and especially in this role. So I'm interested, like, what's this bench going to look like in a week from uh, now? They need a substantial overhaul there, not only because these young guys aren't going to get involved here. Well, I, like, that ship, that ship has sailed to me, the, you know, the idea of Romeo, Neesmith, and Pritchard becoming guys on this team this year. Because they – because why has it sailed? Because they – just they didn't commit to it. Set it out to sea because yeah. they st- they just decided we're never going to play these guys, and the organization let Eme do it. I'm still baffled by it. Even if this team runs off a few wins, gets into the sixth seed, is competitive in round one, I still don't know what you gained. Well, it depends. I don't on if know good what players, I don't know what you gained. It's, if, they, it's, if, if their yeah. careers are over after Boston, you'll look at it and say, mm, maybe these guys just didn't have it. If they go out and kill it somewhere else, that's kind of going to tell the story. So we'll see. But at, at this point, I do not picture a clear out for the young guys next week. I do not see that being the direction that they're going to go in here. So, so do you want to stand pad and just see how far this can roll? I don't really know what the benefit of that is. Because what's the interesting thing about this report, John, to me? The fact that he says, or whoever said, the sources, that Brown wants to see them play close to to their potential, get their act together and play close to their potential. What's this team's potential? That's still a huge question to me. Is it a play and win, competitive round one? I mean, no matter what you do, you're going to be up against a very uh, tough team round one, whether it's Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, Miami. There's there's no clear path to round two, never mind these finals. So what's what's Boston's potential? What does he want to see them do be this competitive, year? The only, to me, just be competitive in the first round. Win a couple games, force a team to six, seven games. That's – I don't know. I don't uh, I mean, if, that's if, what we're if, talking if you, about for years to come with this group. See, I now see, yeah. Bobby, I, I, I'm not sold on that. I mean, it, because you're, you're assuming that the core group that they have now and the guys that are on a peripheral are going to be the same, and I just don't believe, I don't buy that. I, I think they're going to, they're going to need to get lucky in the draft and free agency and get someone who, on paper, becomes a better player on the floor, like Isaiah Thomas, for example, who was supposed to be just a little engine that could off your bench, and then he turns into a two-time All-Star, fifth in the league MVP voting. They're going to need to catch lightning in a bottle like that. Well, that's like once-in-a-freaking-lifetime situation that happens. So I don't know how lucky you can expect them to be. You know what another issue <laughs> Jimmy's like, another, another, another issue we have here is if, if this Brown stuff, if there is some truth to it, if there's some, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire type situation – how do you even go about approaching the draft or approaching free agency if you're talking about, you know, one of your two best guys potentially not even being on the roster next season? How do you even approach players that you're targeting and and, and things of that nature? And you, you're going to go into the next season just freestyling it again with, you know, whoever you can get for Jalen Brown because he asked for a trade? Plug yeah, and play well- again? 
I the mean, way you're shaping up way, to be another disaster offseason. The way you're approaching yeah. it shouldn't have changed because you're two years away from. And honestly, this report, I, I don't think, should be a big shock to anyone because of the fact that he's two years away from free agency. That's when guys usually start to make some inclination about their future. They start to think about it a little more. Uh, it becomes a problem that the team starts to think about. You know, are they going to sign another hey. contract? Are you going to push right to the yeah. deadline? But the uh, front so- office needs to have a handle on it. And I don't know. I've, I don't really have any reason to have confidence in them, at least at this point yet. So, well, here's the thing. This deadline, you have to do everything you can to improve this team. And there are numerous guys out there that, if you get aggressive enough, can come help this team right now, make them a lot more competitive and stable, uh, especially in that third wing spot or the first guy off the bench. And this offseason, if Brown does take a look at the situation and say, all right, I kind of want my own thing here, which I think is probably going to be a big driving factor for him at some point because he's an all-star. He's a guy who has full confidence in his abilities. He's a guy that I know for a fact thinks that he could lead a team if he had to, and he has done it here when Tatum's been out. So that's a driving factor with him, I think, as much as the team and the situation here. So if he decides this offseason, I want out, that sort of clears things up for you, Jimmy. You make a big trade for him now. The sub- return would be substantial, and you build around Tatum. It's better that he does it now than in free agency 2024 and leaves you high and dry. And uh, that's all right, the all right, Shaughnessy, but we don't have but to do that, this right but, now. But like, that's, that's, not, the, that's not ideal. <laughs> but that's the reason why you're not. You won't be held hostage by it. You still have a ton of leverage this offseason right. if you were to trade him because he's coveted, which means you would get a, a legitimate return. And you could shop and you could, you know, do something that's not going to destroy your team if you had to. And you but, could keep Tatum on. But term. that's also why I would not uh, I would not build for now. I would still – any trade I make now is for future considerations, not to make this current team more competitive. And if that involves – Deals well, you still you, don't want to lose, Jalen. You still want to kind of. I'm saying none of this. None I'm, of this is ideal. Right? That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying deals know, right saying. now. The motivation of them should be for what's going to make you better in a year or two years, not this year. You don't want to tank completely, but. You're oh, I agree for, with that. You're you looking don't want for cap rental. flexibility. You're looking for bringing in players who you actually would consider wanting long term. And that again is what are you willing to pay for? Could you bring in? I know, like Keith at Celtics blog floated something where they might get two really good ideas today. Like yeah. Powell would be outstanding, even though he's locked up till 25 or so. And you think they don't want to take on any extra contracts? The one thing they have going for them right now is they only have four guys under contract past 23, and that gives them some sort of flexibility. And it feels like that's something they're trying to maintain. Keep stay under the tax. Don't add any extra things. Have some room to play with once you get there. But if you could bring in a guy who's a good piece that you can, you know, continue to uh, build with and would be a solid part of your rotation, you would do that. Otherwise, I would go for assets. I would go for picks. I would go for whatever. I don't care if you're trading Richardson here. If this team's going to be a fraction worse, if you're able to. Get rid of him, get rid of Al, get rid of things that are going to get you under the tax, that are going to get money off the books for next year. Imagine Al and Richardson both off the books next year. All of a sudden now you've got some oh, money to play with. doing dances. But I mean, now you've got <laughs> now you've got money to play with. So then you can do other things. I would all I would be looking at those types of deals, not stuff that's little band aids that's going to make you maybe a fraction better this year. I just don't think that yes. that's that important. I think yes, that's at the top of the list, though, right, John? That has to be at the top of the list. Like at least trying to see what's out there for those guys and trying to pull off one of those deals that obviously the tax 
um, apron, but at the same time, it gives you a, a, a guy that you can, you know, obviously whoever this guy's coming in from the trade, you can consolidate those guys and hopefully it's a piece that you can lean on for the future. But I don't know if, I don't know how much talent those guys would, would attract at, at this point, you know? Yeah, that's a tricky thing. You're going to have to float some picks here. And those deals that Keith wrote about, especially, I think you'd have to include some pick competition. That's what I do. Think. That. I think and that, I, I don't know why missing, you wouldn't. He's missing picks in those deals, but they're good. They're good ideas. I just this, think you'll this, end up having to dump picks to get to get play, and players. And that's perfectly that fine to right. me. You right. know, like you are overdue on trading picks to improve this team, to solidify the edges of it. Because Fournier last year, I'll still go back to that. Good move. Gave them a boost. He just wasn't a sustainable piece because he was a free agent, and he ended up getting paid a ton. If you can find another guy like that who can reliably hit shots off the ball movement Brown, Tatum, and Smart at creating right now, you're going to be in a much better spot as a team now and into the future. So those two guys he pointed out, Norman Powell, um, uh, Harrison Barnes, who we've talked about forever, who would just be great next to the Jays, Get aggressive with them. You know, like these are guys, they're not going to make you a championship team right now, but they're going to make you a much better team uh, throughout your rotations. You can run some better bench units. Your closing lineup's going to look much better with those kind of guys, and they're signed for multiple deal years like you talked about, John. That's the key. So that probably makes Brown feel much better about the situation, like having a guy who's not going to brick the shots that they create while they're being double teamed in the lane. Yeah. They, they've been overdue on a move like that, and I just don't know why you hold on to your picks when those picks aren't going to impact your the, team until two, three you're years here, from now. You're here because you failed to pick, and you have to start getting it right because you cannot survive in this league without drafting and developing. You can't do mm-hmm. it. And if you're trading picks, it has like to be – the picks to me, Bobby, here's where they get thrown away. They get thrown away in deals for like, like if you're the Bucks, you can you have throw, a lot of picks. But no, if you're the Bucks, you can throw away a first round pick on a PJ Tucker because you think you need him to win a championship. Right. There it's worth it. If you're the Celtics, you don't throw away a pick on that caliber it's player. It's not throwing them away. It is. You to get, get good you. stuff back. No, 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 no. This is why I disagree with it. You're a, a team like the Celtics, you're getting only fractionally better and you're not getting any closer to contending and you're killing yourself for the future in terms of either hitting a home run with a pick or having an asset you can roll up into a bigger deal later you do not give away picks to just get a guy who's so a little that bit power better deals, than the guy you have if that power deal is on the table and they want to pick I, i'd have say to think no? about that one more closely but again i'm really 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 i'm done? so i'm I, so done with the drafts and the development even for someone oh like my bobby you can't be done with the drafts and development that's you, the you that is is that is you have absolutely the essential to franchise building. Don't it you is, dare let don't you dare let Austin Ainge hear you say that, bro. It's the area they're lacking, and it's the reason they're here. Without this, you're doomed, man. You have to draft and develop. Well, you I have to. I think unless you're getting, unless you sell it for three stars, unless you sell your soul like the Nets for Harden. That's <laughs> fine. not sell your soul. Sell your no, future. Brooklyn, no. Brooklyn sold their soul. You, you they nailed did. it right but, there. They did. <laughs> as you do that and develop, it's the only way it works, guys. But do you have it enough has, time for it, John? To. You have two years now with Brown. This is the window. This is the clock that's yeah, ticking that we're talking John, about. What, John, what John's talking about is more like the half, I mean, the, the mid to, to the back end of the draft. Right, John? I mean, we're not talking about 
tank for a top six pick. Oh, and or, you have to or, get or so to, lucky too with that. Or, or try to get those picks that landed you, you Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to begin with. Like I don't think you talk so, about that. There are seven guys currently on the sophomore team at the All Star game that the Celtics could have drafted. Okay, any uh, that are better than the three. And they you did. feel good about them going back and going in that? What direction? I'm saying is there are seven guys there that they could have drafted with their three picks. They busted two and they gave away one. If they had three of those guys on the sophomore roster right now, this would be a very good team to be excited about. Would those about guys the be future. playing and be panning out it, here? That's the again, key question. There, it is the, the, this is why they are where they are. You, If you give them all away, you better strike gold. If you're giving them away for a veteran that's a little bit better than Josh Richardson, that's questionable. You know, that's, I called yeah, him Josh. Not, not, that's not even a question that you know. Here's here's what I'll, I will also say. If you said Jason office, earlier, but I didn't say nothing. You said Jason earlier. <laughs> if the Celtics front office thinks they are one or two guys away, then then they would consider trading those picks. It's I was not a say Kevin Garnett situation. Exactly, which is why they haven't. It's not a Kevin Garnett what situation. If- but Jimmy, what if Brown comes out this offseason and says all they did was dump Schroeder and we lost round one? I'm out of here. That's what you're trying to prevent. And the cost is a pick or two. Oh, it's a he no should understand. To me. Brown should understand the situation just like the rest of the team or the rest of the, they should all be on the same page. This is why yeah. I love what Brown did here. If this was his camp, putting some pressure on them. Enough with the picks and the drafts and this and that and slow building and these, you know, make a move, erase a move, all the stagnancy as a front office. Let's see. You back up Brown and Tatum. You They've want to build around players. them? They've had guys. There, They've all th- left. There are people confused about what we mean about draft and develop. Like, you, like, that's the yes, you drafted Jalen and Jason, and now they're veterans that you're paying 30 and 40 million dollars to. You have to keep drafting good players, guys. Yeah. Like, you don't just do it once and stop. When they get to the point that you have to pay them a lot of money, you need other people that you don't pay a lot of money. So, who you let's talk about Brooklyn. So yeah, but I feel like the Celtics thought that they drafted at least like two or three rotation guys, and you know we've talked about it so many times between Romeo, Neesmith, they thought Pritchard, so, and Grant. Yeah. And yeah. Grant, they got one, and Grant is you know he's just now getting there. So it's, I think at the end of the day, their approach was what sort of did them in, and obviously just picking the wrong guys, at least in two of those drafts. So let's talk about the Nets because they obviously trade all their future picks to go in on Harden. Um, they they stack the deck. They give themselves a chance to win a title last year, and I think still this year. But not only do they do that, they just find some ways to finagle their way into the first round. They pick up some undrafted guys. They pick some guys in the second round. They don't have picks, but they figure out ways to bring some young guys in. And all of a sudden, you look at their team this year, and it's Cam Thomas, who looks outstanding, better than any of the Celtics' young guys. Dayron Sharp, who looks great. Um, you know, David Duke, all these different young guys that they've just kind of pulled from places. You don't need first round picks to strike gold. You know, you find some guys in the second round, you know, you find some undrafted guys who can help you if you have the stars and the Celtics have the stars. The the hardest part is done. You have Brown and you have Tatum. Now you have to surround them with some veterans like the Nets have done with their stars, bring in some young guys. They're getting guys anywhere. Play there. So, yeah, you got to become that. You got to become an enviable dis- destination. And you can't just be rolling Romeo and Neesmith out there hoping that they give you something. You got to bring in some reliable veterans yeah. who can help this team so, now. Sherrod, let me ask you. What are you the same way that the Nets are? They yeah. don't have Sherrod, it's a week away. What are you doing? Uh, are, you, are, are you trying to improve a little or 
taking taking whatever you can get, like basically having a fire sale and saying, I got four untouchable. Not four untouchable. Obviously, you would trade Marcus or Rob. Smart's available. And you Rob, would trade in some up cases. with those guys. But I'm saying, would you sell everything else if people were like, yeah, sure, I'll give you some future stuff and, and we'll call it a day? If you could get stuff for that back end portion of your roster, the guys who are in what we would call the 9, 10, 11, 12 zone, um, you move them. But you're not trading Richardson, Schroeder, and those guys? Schroeder, I would. I would absolutely do that in a heartbeat. Shocking. Yeah. For a bag of balls, right? It's going to be a dump. Literally dump. That's a very appropriate term. Oh, I don't wow. think that's what, uh, Sherrod, what about Richardson? He's got extra unit. That would that would be a tough one. But I would do it. I think for the for the right pieces, I would do that. Um I would do it begrudgingly, but I would definitely do it if it if it makes sense. I mean if if someone's willing to give you like a first round pick, even if it's a conditional one for him, then you absolutely do that because you're not going to get that kind of value for him down the road. So, I, I don't know. I don't know why we get so excited talking about trading Brown and the possibilities there when you won't trade Who's excited else. about that? Who said <laughs> well, this, that's, that's where we're headed. Everyone's always excited to have that conversation. Oh, well, man. they're going to be going there fast if they don't make moves in other places to try to improve oh, this. I, again, I was going to say, I, when did Sherrod say that? I was like, oh, I do okay. not I believe – I do not believe the trade <laughs> where you're going to give somebody on the back end of your bench for somebody that's You're going to get nothing. Make, I'm saying – I don't believe any minor trade they make now with the idea that they're going to stay under the tax, but they want to see if they can improve a little is going to be like, yep, Jalen, that's I'm staying. You know, like, I don't think that's going to be it. Like this deadline could dictate it. I don't know. I don't think it's that deep, Bobby. Because uh, here's this is the th- Bobby. This is the thing that that I'm discovering and, and realizing with the NBA. You really can go from from frankly the bottom of the barrel to the top of the mountaintop with just one deal. That's why this whole idea that we, you've got you only you only have two years. Two years is a lot. You can you can significantly transform your roster in two years to the point where you have a vi- look at the damn Phoenix Suns. They suck until they got Chris Paul, and then all of a sudden. Chris Paul was playing well. Devin Booker was always amazing. And then you get Bridges, and then you get Jalen Smith. You start going down the line, all of a sudden it takes – you. one player could be the domino that changes every all your fortunes. But you've got to find that player. Uh, that's that's the ch- that's the challenge that Brad Stevens has. He, he is Finding my way. I, I feel like I feel like Danny was waiting for that player, right, Sherrod? I feel like he – or at least he got it, and then every time he had to go on to plan He's C another plan one. D, he held oh, on to those picks. He ran out. Of, he ran out of options, in my opinion. I mean, but, he, yeah, he flipped. He, he flipped Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder for Kyrie Irving. Great deal. You yep, sign yep. Gordon Hayward through free agency. You get Al Horford, you know, closer to his prime than he is right now. I mean, you, you look at the last like four or five years, and you look at the players they had. They had multiple opportunities to put together rosters right. that could compete, but but they, but shit happens. I mean, guys get hurt. Right. Guys don't want to be here anymore. I mean, you can't control that stuff. All you can do is try to get the talent in your tent, and then you can work with that. And that's what Brad – that's the challenge Brad has. He's yes. got to get know, talent. And, you know, to your point, Sherrod, also real quick, Bob, I just want to get this in. Um, you know, I don't think – to your point, I don't think Jalen is really looking at the seventh, eighth, ninth spot being like, 
we need to get you know, we need to get some guys at the end of that bench. No, I think he's thinking, look, I got this, you know. And I think him and Tatum are sort of in that mindset right now. And of course, Marcus Smart and they're obviously the way he's been playing. Everyone is sort of in more in tune with the core of this team. How are we going to get out of this hole? So I think right now, yeah, I don't think Jalen's going to be pissed at this team point, does nothing because he's he's thinking this is we're that 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 difference maker, right? We're the ones that are going to carry this team into a, to a deep playoff run. Not some you know stranger coming in here and trying to fix that. And that's what I would out. watch with Brown. He is immensely confident. When you hear people say, oh, yeah, you're Tatum. Especially right now. He, he's yeah. very certain to put himself in the same yeah. conversation as Tatum, and deservedly so. You know, I don't think he's that much of a worse player than Tatum, his potential at least. You know, he can be every bit as good as him in the right situation. So does he look at it and say, I want to lead my own team eventually? That's what I'm looking for there. Whatever. You might be right, Josue. It might not be about the surrounding cast. It might be just be about, like, what they're capable of as individuals there and figuring out together and Brown eventually saying, let's go Let's go do my own thing here. We're not even right. sure at that's At least not bad- this year. Not We're not year. even sure that's a bad thing. Honestly, you don't know. And if it comes it's to that. It's a bad it, thing if it's too late, though. And that's the it issue is, it with is. waiting. If it comes to that, it comes to that. I mean, we've talked. You guys mentioned it here, you know, uh, and it's a good point. Like, you know, he could be less about bringing in more people and more about give me the friggin' ball. You know, like yeah. this could be an opportunity situation. Um, he might not like a crowd. It's, it certainly didn't work well when there was, I mean, Hayward didn't like it. You know, like they, they, we've seen this team with too many mouths to feed it not go in the right direction. Um, so, oh, yeah. uh, you know, Tatum and Brown don't seem like guys who can share the ball. Not. Let's just, be clear. We've yeah. seen very successful NBA stars who have won championships together look at it and say, all right, I'm ready to do my own thing here. Kyrie in particular, you know, Shaq, blah, 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 down the line. For two guys who are immensely talented and aren't even close I, to a championship right now. That's fine. But let's, gets there. let's be real. There's not a team out there that's trading for Jalen Brown as their alpha. There's everyone is bringing him in to be yeah. a complimentary star somewhere mm-hmm. else. So his situation is not going to change. If he wants to go somewhere else and be the man, he's going to go somewhere else and at best be the one a, which is what he is now. I don't think his situation is going to improve in terms of like, look at me, everybody built around me. You're not, He's I'm not, not James Harden. His potential. I think he's not James Harden. He's not going to be one of those guys that someone's like, I got to give every. They're not. He's in that second tier, and that's. You don't think he's... so? No, come on. No, he's not James. You're watching the same game, right? He's not James Harden. <laughs> I mean, this guy can. He's going to be an all star this year. Bobby, he's a, t- he's a t- he's a guy who's going to be brought in to he's play a great a player. Just to play alongside another star. Yeah, it depends where he's going. Right. If he goes to Sacramento, you know, he's he's the face of that team. Sherrod doesn't. Sherrod, yeah, but they suck. They would Sherrod's suck. holding his head now, Bobby. They would Look suck. What you've done. Yeah. This, is, this is the thing about this is the thing about Jalen. Jalen, Bobby, you are right. Jalen is a very good player, but that doesn't make you a damn alpha. You're, I mean, Jalen is right at that 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 Mendoza line between being really, really, really good player, but really, really truthfully being a complimentary guy and that's nothing wrong with that he's a 20 point per game compliment he's a number two on a really good team i absolutely believe that absolutely believe that and i love the fact that he has the confidence to believe that you may think i'm a number two but i'm gonna put up number one numbers love that about him but at the end of the day if he has to carry a team by himself or he has to be the front and center guy i think over time i just don't think he's that type of player 
And that's no disrespect to him because he's a hell of a player. I just don't think that's who he is. Depends if he gets better or not. And I still think there's potential to grow for him. This is the first year he has not gotten better, which is a a bummer. Every year, not only has he gotten better, in many years he's made two leaps during the year. The the year's not over, John. Which is crazy. This is the one year where he's actually regressed some, uh, which is – the, the first time it's happened, and you can give a lot of passes. No offseason because COVID. of the surgery. He's had COVID like COVID. eleven times. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but here's the timing thing. Mac, Mac COVID. Mac COVID. <laughs> no, but I mean, so there's reasons why. But this is the first year where you're like the 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 handle and the turnovers is a is a regression. His yeah, he handle, went back. Yeah. He went backwards, which is weird. And the oh, shooting is it was another bad turn. Overnight. There's another five bad first, one. Five first yeah. half turnovers. Seven turnovers again. That matches his career high. That's a well, big issue. Which he, which he had, which he had three games ago. So he's had seven twice in the last four games. And, it, that, and he had in that Orlando game too, the fifty pointer. This is the one. This is the one year where he's definitely taken a bit of a step back, both in his shooting percentage, his efficiency, and his just his 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 sloppiness. He's really, I mean, and he was sloppy last year. His usage is it's about the same, but I mean. 2.8, 2.7, the turnovers. But you can see that handle is loose right now. Um, so you've, you've talked about this, John, that parlaying a Brown trade into building around Tatum being key because what worries me about the clock of this team when we talk about two years, it's a long time, yes. But if you do push it to the deadline before his free agency or his free agency and you end up losing him for very little or nothing – that could directly lead to losing Tatum too. Oh, that's a disaster. You have to, this is why, again, this report is not crazy. Whether Brown wants to go or not, whether Brown wants to go or not, the Celtics have to look at themselves in the mirror, assess their two stars and say, we're going to plow forward with these guys. And I'm confident we can build around them and keep them. Or I'm really worried that this isn't going to work out and I need to make a move now. And I'm going to move Tatum because I got an extra year. I'm going to move Brown because I got an extra extra year to show Tatum that this is the right place to be. And that just might have, that might be forced upon them, whether they want to do it or not. It might be a reality that they just arrive at. Um, and, and, and that's that. And then you have to figure out how are you going to get better if that's the case? Um, or, or they might just say, forget about it. We're going with these guys are bust. Cause we'll never get better if we make the move. And then they just ride it out as far as they can and hope he doesn't leave. That's obviously not great. Uh, um, you know, but a lot of teams do that. You play, you play to win. You put as much you have as possible. Star, John. And then, and then you always have that hook where you can, um, you can pay them more than anybody else. And you hope that that's reason enough to keep them. It sometimes uh, is you sometimes not. You cannot lose him for very a lot of teams do that though, so they gotta make I know, a choice. but they don't have t- those teams don't have Tatum. Usually, you have but, one star, and that happens, and then you're done when the guy's gone. I'm not you want to keep one is rolling right with the Tatum. other, Bobby. I'm just saying they probably have to decide in the summer very soon. Yeah, yeah. this I think this the which summer, path like, they're going. Right. This is this is why the report's not crazy to me. I know no. everyone's saying fake news and conjecture and all these things. Just look at the timeline. Once you pass up on moving him next summer, you're all of a sudden That's in his it. contract year. So. Mm-hmm. We've it's, kind it's of been kind saying of that on the show. All We've been year. saying it, yeah, but it's starting yeah. to get real, you know, because because they've been mediocre. You have a little report out there. You're not really sure. You've seen it not work at times. It's working a little bit better now, but it's just becoming more real as you get closer to it. That's all. That's where we're at. Um, all right, guys, we're done here. What's our next game? 
Detroit. At Detroit. Detroit. At Orlando. Says it was scheduled well, shot. Sherrod's going home. Right? Oh, oh look at him. He's so All happy. Right. Sherrod's what going up, home. What up, though? Sherrod's one of the only guys I know who can't wait for Detroit to show up in the, on the uh, schedule. Yeah. Yes, this is true. <laughs> yeah. Ben Wallace Greek. is not walking through that door, though. No. Pop into Greek town for me. Um, Three-game yeah. road trip. That's I will it. not be going to Orlando. A must-win road trip, Bob? Oh, well, they're going to blow through Detroit and Orlando. Brooklyn on Tuesday will be interesting, and I'll be Don't there for that. Don't say that, Bobby, because then when oh, it gets their on. asses smashed. Come on, you know what those teams are like. And I also yeah, know no, what this team is like. <laughs> yeah, right. They're not – if they lose to that <laughs> level, and they almost team. did. They almost did last time to Orlando, but they ended up winning that one. Oh, that would be bad. Like, that's that's not losing to, like, Minnesota and the Clippers and some of these mentally teams. That's rock bottom. Those teams don't have many – But Orlando plays days. hard. If you watch them yeah. at all, they don't lay down. They don't, but so, what are they, 10 and 31? Yeah, it's something? a talent thing for sure, yeah. obviously. So, yeah. We'll anyway, thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you for watching. Um, you know, uh, as always, as we've told you a zillion times before, but if you haven't subscribed already to our uh, YouTube channel, whether you're watching on the CLNS main channel or if you want, to head over to the Celtics All Access channel. You get all of our cool videos there, all of our podcasts, all that good stuff, uh, which you can find there. You can subscribe to Sherrod's A-List podcast. That's awesome. Um, with Gary Washburn and Kwani Lunas. You can also subscribe to Full Court Press bulletin.com. Is that correct, Sherrod? I got it right? Yes. Well done. Uh, for all of his written <laughs> work. Damn time. I'm about- loving Gary's appearances on uh, A-List. It's been awesome. Yeah, oh, he's, man. so so funny. Yeah, he's <laughs> y'all, great. Y'all three. Love yep. Gary. Love Gary. Yeah, Bobby Manning, of course, Dome Theory. Um, and uh, I have more stuff here, but I've run out of room and I've run Jared out of time. Jared came on yesterday. Oh, for him. Yeah, and a special guest. <laughs> a little cameo. Yeah, oh, yeah. John Zanis. John Zanis came in and saved the day. The, <laughs> the chatters were stunned to see his Zanis appearance. Wait, what? Zanis, you popped in there? I got to watch that episode. That's funny. I didn't know no, that. No, it was a, um, bu- uh, for a some reason. difficulty issue. Yeah, Bob, uh, uh, Jerry. Jerry's just, audio shut off. They couldn't hear him anymore, and I threw my Jared Jared thinks um, the Celtics yeah. could be in on Yusuf Nerkic, and he's been talking about them looking at a center for a little while now, so that's an interesting one to me. That's a guy who's a rental uh, who could really help them in the second unit center spot. Um but you'd have to resign him and everything else. So it's interesting. I don't right. know. We'll do Nurkic next show, okay? Yeah. I would have just teased that one. But anyway, <laughs> uh, new episode of Cedric Max well, podcast. Watch- we got Dan Shaughnessy on. You guys don't yep. want to miss that. Yeah, I, I thought I had, yeah. a, I thought I had a promo for that, Joe Sway, and I was digging, and I don't. So, yes, I did want to say uh, that. I hope I you call him out for the Ortiz <laughs> For the Ortiz, uh... oh, Joe, I forgot to ask him about that, dude. Damn it! Oh well, he's Probably kidding. Of course, you asked him about it. That's what the uh... whole episode's about, man. Go check it out, guys. Check well, it out. I hope that you. Uh, what, I, what I meant to say. What I meant to say was, I hope you gave him shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for whatever, nice. for whatever it's worth, it's nothing personal, guys. He's been consistent. Yeah. He hasn't voted. He hasn't voted for a single person that's remotely tied to. Wait, but um, who's he vote steroids. for? Jeff Kent. We put him. We put him yeah, on the stand. We put him on the stand. Why is uh, Why is Jeff Kent this guy? So Jeff Kent has a Jeff Kent has a case. Had him in the hallway once. Well, 
Jeff Kent, Jeff Kent probably suffers from being a jerk because he was a big time jerk. But at the end of the day, if you stack up his numbers against oh, other he, Hall of Famers, he wasn't he wasn't a steroid guy. No, um, he wasn't thought to be. Uh, but also, if you look at him as his career as a second baseman, which he was, even though he wasn't a very good one, and he probably should have moved positions, a la Derek Jeter. But he insisted on staying at second, and honestly, one of the reasons he did was because I think he thought his Hall of Fame candidacy would be better as a second baseman. I go stack up his no- go That's go bad. to Baseball Reference, look at Jeff Kent, and look at Ryan Sandberg. Tell me who has better overall numbers, and it's That's Kent. By, it's yeah, Kent get right on that. Lot. It's Kent by a mile. But, but I don't know how. Yeah, I don't I'm know how Shauna, how to do it. I don't know how Shaughnessy says, "Oh, this area is filthy. I'm not voting for anyone." And then it's like, "Oh, Jeff he Kent, didn't say he that. Said. He says if anybody has been tied to it in a way, it, it, and under suspicion and or caught or tested positive, he's All right, just so ruled, Kent's got no ties. He's yeah. just ruled them out. It's not the whole era. It it doesn't matter if you agree with him or not. He's pretty consistent on it." And that's yeah, just yeah. it. He said the Ortiz stuff six six years ago. I disagree with them. It's a um, very weak link to to Ortiz, though. Yeah, it's a very weak link. Too weak to too weak to just group him. I in think so arm. too. I think it's a crap. T- I, I, I whether disagree. or not you think so or not, the evidence isn't strong enough. To <laughs> John's like, you know what, guys, you're right. Screw him. You know. No, no I've always I totally disagree <laughs> with it. Um, but um, that's I'm saying he's been consistent. So yeah, people, yeah, yeah, people yeah. who are upset that it's a the steroid, thing, the steroid yeah. user saved people like Shaughnessy. Nobody gave a shit about baseball until McGuire rolled around and started hitting bombs out of the park and saved everybody's in baseball's jobs for the for the next twenty years. I wish so I got to watch. You should have voted I, I for love, all those guys. I love Especially how Jimmy twists lockout. these arguments. I love them. Yeah, you, voted <laughs> you for guys, all those guys, and and, and and along with the ballot, you should have wrote a little thank you note along with did, the ballot. Did you guys? Patriots fans should be grateful for Tom Brady. They shouldn't be asking for him to let say just, thank you. That's a whole just, other show. Let me just ask <laughs> that. This is the classic Boston fan being like, "Listen, Jimmy's just that angry Boston fan. I love it." <laughs> let me let me ask this. Let them all in. No, let I'm sick of I'm sick of the the people who are just ungrateful, yes. ungrateful, no. spoiled, did, entitled. Get, get out of my you, face. <laughs> Did you stay with any of you? You guys enjoyed watching Bonds and Clemens, didn't you? Of course. Yeah. You'd be lying if you said you didn't. I mean, yeah. it must have been awesome. And he just oh, yeah. Frank, Bobby, you weren't even Yeah, but Bobby, that's not the point. The point <laughs> is, if anybody was clean, those guys absolutely destroyed those guys' ability to earn and their place in baseball history, yeah. and they've destroyed the record books for the rest of time. Well, you know what the now, best argument They've destroyed the that? game going forward because before, hitting 700-foot home runs 70 times a year was commonplace, and now a guy puts up a season where he knocks out 44, and everyone's like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So they well, just... <laughs> They've made the current game crappy. So at, at, at so they got no. fat off it. Yeah, they no, made a lot of money and they ruined it for everybody. They ruined the history of the game and they ruined the future well, you know, of the game. So you know screw the best... those guys. Seriously. No, no, I, I, no, that's not true. I think man I think the way that I think stat nerds have ruined the game, to be completely honest. What? Oh God, here we go. You no, know the best argument I've heard against. Starting that point, pitcher though. can't even go six innings anymore because it's like against uh <laughs> You know, stat nerd code now. You know, you can yeah, better chance of winning if never, you have an opener. But we're never going to see sluggers guy, like that again, man. We're never going to see sluggers like that. You know the best argument I've heard against the Giants? Nerds are ruining the game. Sherrod, anyway. you can go. You, you, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, I, I, you don't, I knew Jimmy Sherrod, was going to go down Sherrod's this road. The nerds <laughs> ruin the game. Lane. Yeah. Yeah. 
stat for everything now. There's a stat and a reason for for everything, and it's just boring. Wait, are you talking you about the Billy Bean? The no, Billy I, Bean small ball stuff, or what do you mean? Not necessarily. I mean, I understand. That's just playing oh, with the angle and stuff. Home runs and strikeouts. Yeah, I agree, Jimmy. War the, the game, shit like that. You know, guys, guys, guys. The thing that bugs me now is you can't even get a pitcher to go six innings But anymore. again, that's always going to happen. You can make the same argument. What are you, Nick, now? The three-pointer ruined basketball? Like, <laughs> Oh, no, but the three is fine. The watch. I what I'm saying is boom, boom, people, boom. Three swings and you're out. People are going to find hacks. They're going to find more efficient yeah, things to like do. steroids. And the hack is sometimes that you 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 gain more from this than that, and sometimes yeah. it's at the detriment of the entertainment of the game. That's what ends up happening sometimes. You find it happened with hockey and neutral zone trap and stuff like that. Like you, there's there's hacks to the games here, and that's what's happening in baseball. You it, can clean them up in baseball, though. But it has nothing changes. to do with the steroid argument. The steroid argument just destroyed the, those guys. Destroyed everything. So anyway, they didn't, they didn't though. They actually, I think they actually made the game a lot stronger in a lot of ways. You can you can go. Yeah. Either way with it. They they created a lot of baseball fans that are, who are still fans today just because And you said this too, John. Game. Baseball just watched them nodded. So like if they're not gonna yeah. ban them, who are the writers to ban them? You know? It just reminds us it, it just reminds us that uh Pedro's the greatest pitcher of all time because he fanned through those guys sometimes. Some of the greatest uh, sluggers. I'm gonna say this. You will see Bonds and Clemens in the Hall of Fame one way or the other. Even though they can't be voted in by the writers anymore, they, there's still ways for them to get in, and I guarantee you'll see them in the Hall of Fame. A long um, time from now. No, not even. I would say within now. the next five years. Really? I think they'll I think they'll get in. Yeah. I think Bonds and, you know I, what? Baseball milked this for 10 will, years because nobody gives a shit about the Hall of Fame. Bonds really. and Clemens will. A-Rod actually might too, oddly enough. But, um, I think he might, yeah. But the, the Sosa, Maguire, Palmero guys won't. Anyway, no, we're won't, done, yeah. guys. Bye. 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 Don't, do, <laughs> don't do steroids, okay? <laughs> Cedric Maxwell. Good night, Park, everybody. Everybody.